Good evening, everybody. Glad you're able to make it tonight. Uh, we're going to get started here with the uh, study. We're going to go verse by verse in the Revelation. And we're going to go through the introduction of Revelation. And we'll see how far we get tonight. Um, well, first of all, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given us. I thank you for my family, my wife, and my kids. I pray that you continue to uh, be with them and bless them, keep them safe. Thank you for a church family. Thank you for the neighbors. I pray that you keep them safe. Be with those that have lost family members recently. Comfort them through their grieving and help them to honor and glorify you and help us to take your word and apply it help us to be strong and courageous in the face of the persecution that's coming and help us to honor and glorify you in what we say and what we do and we give you the glory and the praise in Jesus name amen All right, we're going to uh, go to the book, the Revelation to John. And I'm going to tell you the Bible that I use normally. If you want to follow along in a specific way. I've got the uh, Hebrew Greek Key Study Bible in the King James Version. And it's the... Um, I can't, let's see, hold on. Zodiates, original and complete system of Bible study. So that's the way it's um, put together, helps out a lot as far with introductions to the books, references, and outline of the book. And then you've got a concordance. And so this one goes, if you have a the full-sized Strong's concordance, it goes along with the concordance. And, and each word that has a, that's noted, um, correlates to the Strong's concordance. And you can pull it up and it'll give you the definition of those words, whether they're the Greek, uh, Hebrew, um, I think it has some Chaldean in here, um, but in the Bible itself has a concordance, a short concordance, and a lexical aid to the New Testament and to the Old Testament. So it really covers a lot of a lot of uh, vocabulary in here, and it has the uh, Hebrew alphabet and the Greek alphabet and the connotations and stuff so that really helps out when you're studying trying to get an idea of certain words trying to comprehend them so I'm going to read the introduction that I have here so the author of the book of Revelation 
is the Apostle John. The title of the book describes the content and purpose of John's writing. The word revelation means to take the cover off. From the Greek word apocalypsis, it is the uncovering or unveiling of the glory of Christ and of future events. And you can compare that to 1 Thessalonians 2.19. Revelation was addressed to the churches of Asia Minor. You can see that in Revelation chapter 1 verse 4. Specifically named in chapters 2 and 3. This book was written at a time when the churches were undergoing persecution and difficulty. The two most important such periods were during the reigns of Nero in A.D. 37 through 68 and uh, Domitian in A.D. 81 through 96. There are four views on the interpretation of the book of Revelations. The first is the preterist view. It places the events and visions described as belonging to the past, particularly to the Roman Empire of the first century A.D. The proponents of this view explain the highly symbolic nature of the book as John's endeavor to hide the real meaning of what he was saying from the general populace, making it relative to the believers who lived at that time. They also consider the main purpose of this writing was encouragement for believers regarding God's ultimate intervention in the affairs of men. It is very unlikely that this view is correct in light of the prophetic nature of the book. Some of the descriptions are of future events and cannot possibly be identified as historical ones. And I do not agree with that view. The second view is the historical view maintaining that Revelation is a panoramic view of history from the first century AD to the second coming of Christ. However, this position is unsubstantiated because historians have been unable to identify precise events in history which would answer particular visions that are symbolized. The third view is the symbolic, allegorical view, which contends that Revelation portrays the continuing conflict between the forces of good and evil throughout the span of human history. According to this view, the book was designed to give encouragement because good will triumph in the end. I don't agree with that view either because it's not just a matter of good and evil. It's actually, as we'll go through Revelation, it is the prophesying of future events that Jesus ha has uh, given or that are particularly per specifically pertaining to Jesus and visions given to John about future events that have not taken place. The fourth view is the futuristic view, maintaining that from chapter 4 to the end of the book, Revelation deals with end-time events. According to this view, Revelation is not concerned with the events of John's own day as much as later historical events particularly those things that will take place in connection with the second coming of Christ. The proponents of this view would outline Revelation as follows. Chapter 1 deals with the past. 
chapters 2 and 3 discuss things that were present at the time and throughout the church age. Chapters 4 through 22 speak of things that are yet to come, which things include the day of the Lord as well as the second coming of Christ. Now I tend to believe or go with that view, that fourth view out of all out of those four which I believe is the most accurate. And yeah, you just the thing is you need to read read what's there. And the second we know the second coming of Christ hasn't come yet. Christ came 2000 years ago, over 2000 years ago was born of a virgin. He walked on this earth sinless, went to the cross, crucified, died, he was buried. Then on the third day he rose again. He said he was coming back, and we know he hasn't come back yet. So we tend to go with that fourth view, and they call it the, historians call it the uh, futuristic view. It's prophetic, the prophetic view. They're the chapters 4 through 22, they haven't even taken place yet. Uh, all those, it seems like we are entering into those certain ones. And of course, we'll, uh, we'll look into that a little bit. So let's start with um, chapter 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and all the things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. So you can kind of see where it says the things must shortly come to pass. Then he says, Blessed is he that reads and that bears the words of this prophecy and keeps these things, for the time is at hand. But we have to remember that Paul, I mean Peter, at Pentecost said that we were in the last days and he took he quoted Joel and showed that we were in the last days and so and it's covering a frame of time that's spanning thousands of years and we know God's timeline is not our timeline we know a day is as a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years is as a day. The Lord is not confined to time. So whatever we try to reason, go back to those four different views of the of the revelations, uh, whatever you fit into of those four views, we have to remember God is not constrained to time. And if we'll read it, it says, It shortly come to pass, for the time is at hand, 
we know that we are in the last days and we have been in the last days since Jesus uh, ascended into heaven. So we've been in the last days for over 2,000 years. So there, that we have that sense of urgency. Christians have a sense of urgency. We know it's getting close. We know it's coming. We know it's at hand. You know, after all, we if if it had happened before us, we wouldn't have had the opportunity to uh, to have accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior if it was ever before our time. Now go to verse 4. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you in peace from him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they shall also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him even so amen we know amen means let it be or is it is so it's established verse 8 i am alpha and omega the beginning and the end saith the lord which is and which was and which is to come we know that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. We know that um, Jesus Christ has been there since the beginning. He's part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. And we see in verse 8, he says, I am Alpha. Alpha means the beginning. And it has to start with Christ, with Jesus Christ. And he's speaking of Jesus Christ here. He's speaking to the churches, the seven churches which are in Asia. And he gives them greetings from heaven. He says, from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So you see in what we're going to see here described in Revelation is Jesus Christ the prince, Jesus Christ the king, the faithful witness. And we see when he came before there was types of Christ throughout the Old Testament. And we see that when, he, when it came down to the cross, that in meekness, he went to the cross to complete the mission 
of redemption. He redeemed us from our sins and he paved the way for us to be saved from our sins and to have eternal life. And he went to, to there, you know, as Isaiah 53 says, as a lamb dumb to the slaughter because he knew what had to be done. So in his second coming, it's going to be different. He doesn't come as a lamb, but he comes as the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead. But notice he comes as the prince of kings of the earth. He's going to come to conquer this time. He's not going to come uh, meek in meekness and allow the enemy to take control. He's going to come back in full authority. And you know when he was on the cross, he could have called at 10,000 angels at once to take him off the cross and to save him off of the from the crucifixion. But he, he did that for a reason. He surrendered himself so that we could be reconciled with him. This time he's coming as a warrior. And he's going to lay everything out and straighten everything out once and for all. He says, He hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let it be so. Or it is done, pretty much. Behold, he comes with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so. Amen. Those of us that have been waiting for him are going to be uh, be in uh, uh, unison with him and are going to accept him and receive him and join him. But those that are wicked, those that have rejected him, those that have uh, blasphemed him when he comes, they will tremble because they know the judgment that is coming their way. We know that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And this is when it's going to happen, is that his second coming. He says, I am the Alpha, that's the beginning, and the Omega. The Omega is the end, the finisher. The beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is present. The Lord is he presently. He's alive right now in 2023. The Lord is. He is present with us. He is alive and he is well. No matter what the obstacles come our way, no matter what the tribulations, no matter what the persecutions doesn't matter if your family has left you. It doesn't matter if you've been kicked out of your family. It doesn't matter if uh, whatever the case is, if you're all alone, which you're never all alone anyway. Um, it doesn't matter if you're in the, um, the city-state of uh, District of Columbia. The Lord can um, save you out of that corruption. 
and he will set everything straight. All of his enemies will be conquered and all of his own shall be brought in and reunited with the Alpha and the Omega. We have he's speaking to the seven churches here and we're going to look at each um, decree or a revelation that he gave to each church. Now we're going to go down to verse 9. He says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos, for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, unto Thyatira, unto Sardis, unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shines in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he said, or he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. He um, is speaking to Jesus Christ there and we see that he's set up. He's uh, poised a little bit differently than the last time. And he's saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, I'm the first and the last. I'm he that lives, and I am he that was dead, but now I live again. He said he has keys to hell, keys to death. So he had, he's in a different position, a slightly different position, a position of power and authority. Of course, he had that before, but he gave up 
he, he decided to come down to earth as a man-child. He had to grow up. He was born. He had to grow. He spent 30 years growing until his ministry, until he began to, uh, to until he carried out his mission. But this time he's going to come and it's going to be in a twinkling of an eye. It's going to be at the last trump. It'll be uh, carried out swiftly. So we have to be ready for when he comes. Notice that he's talking about the past, present, and the future. All every, The past, present, and the future is tied up together in one. And God controls it all. And... Uh, he uh, organizes it all, and he is in the past, and he's in the present, and he's in the future, all at the same time. Now, can you comprehend that? Probably not, because we're humans, and we're stuck in the present. We have the past, we lived in the past, but currently we're presently looking to the future. We have... Um, finite have a finite grasp on things at this moment it's like Paul said look into a glass that's tinted and we can't see through we know we have an idea of things but we can't grasp everything and we shouldn't be able to try to understand everything we need to try we need to learn what God has given us and in his word but some things are just left until it's all said and done. But we're looking to the future here. We're looking to the Alpha and the Omega. We're looking to the one that lived, the one that died, and the one that lives currently. So he has the power to save, and he has the power to cast into utter darkness. So he is going to set things straight. Those that deserve to go um, to heaven with him will be carried away there. Those that, because of their disobedience, they are sent to the lake of fire. So then again, it's that contrast one or the other not both and we're going to uh go into detail with the churches but we're going to close here and that was chapter one chapter one of revelations but we're going to close here we're going to do make a little bit shorter podcast here as we go through revelations and we're going to split it up so if you have any comments or questions, put them down in the, the, the chat at the bottom. And email me at joshuaministries741 at gmail.com. And if you have any prayer requests, you can send it to send the prayer request to that email also. Um, and we'll put you on the prayer list for church. And uh, we're going to leave off there. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for today.
Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given us. Help us to live for you. Help us to grow closer to you. Help us to honor and glorify you in what we do and what we say. Help us to take your word. Help us to study it. Help us to apply, apply it to our hearts. It's not hard to understand. It's not hard to follow until we get the, let the flesh get in the way. Help us to put aside all the, the weights and the sins that death easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I pray that we would honor and please you in everything we say and everything we do. We thank you for what you've given us and we give you the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.